Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. We've got plenty to talk about on this edition. Uh, three events really. We've got the uh, our last game at Stoke, of course deadline day, and a preview of Bournemouth on Saturday. It's Greg O'Keefe and I'm joined by Gav Buckland and Tony Scott. And lads, let's get first, let's get stuck into deadline day because um, it didn't bring the big signing that maybe some had hoped for and certainly I think some had identified Everton needed a little bit of extra strength in attack. But I didn't really see much dismay or fume or anger about that, certainly not on social media. Tony, I think the impression I got was that form often dictates the mood around deadline day and the fact that matter is that because Everton are in a good run of form, they got a bit of a pass for not doing any business. Um, I can see that side of it. I think the generalisation of it is that if you look at the players that went out and the players that came in quality-wise... And if you're including the emergence of Tom Davis and Mason Holgate, they're like two extra players. And if you're looking at them, the way they've improved the team in the last month, they, they easily could have been £10 million buyers. Easily. You wouldn't have known. Because they've come through the academy, it saved Ronald Koeman a lot of money. Yeah. Morgan Schneiderlin, quality, absolutely quality, stood out against Stoke. That, a fantastic signing for me. And Luchman, who looks even more when he come on again against Stoke the other day, looked a breath of fresh air. So them two signs alone in terms of quality, brilliant. The players going out the door, we'll have a list here. Nias, Cleverly, Delafeu, Gibson, Oviedo. Players of that ilk going out the door. Schneider and Luchman coming in. And the emergence, as I've just said, Tom Davis and Mason Allgate. I, I, I had to settle for that. I think most Evertonians have settled for that nine times out of ten. It's just a striker situation, isn't it, which you've touched upon many a time. We would have liked to have seen another centre-forward, but if the centre-forward isn't available, there's no point spending six or seven million on him, and then he's going to be dead was, which you're going to be clearing out in two years' time anyway. Wait till the summer, and if that A-list centre-forward that you're after is available, then it's worth waiting for him. You've only got, what, 15 games left? Tony's got the voice of reason, Gav. The voice of positivity, my favourite hey. words on the uh, uh, the podcast. Yeah, add to what Tony said. Got a point, doesn't he? Though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I, I agree with all that. I think uh, adding to that, I think also the league position maybe came into thinking that where we stand at the moment, we're sort of in that no man's land of sort of seventh, where that's probably we're going to finish as a minimum. But if if something really happens. <laughs> You know, people yeah. could get six. Let's, so. let's not get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. listen. You know, don't rule it out. That's what I'm just saying. Me. Yeah, but five points behind Man U, Gav. Yeah, but that they're six, aren't they? How close is West Brom to us, by the way? On the slide, they're having a belter season. I think they're four behind, aren't they? Then it's eight to Stoke. Played them at Goodison in a couple yeah. of weeks. Okay, you're then back down to ten points by then. Yeah. Okay, if you let me finish my points. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, so at best, we're going to finish six to eight. Would be where you would say. So the the club's probably thinking, well, actually, you know, um, even if we bring players in now, yeah. that's that's not going to change that much. Yeah. So therefore, to stop if they're not available, so as you say, not don't bring them in just for the sake of it. Wait until the summer where we've we've created a good uh, platform this season, uh, and then bring in real quality players, which hopefully tend to be available more in the summer, uh, and 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 go then. Um, and and say I can only confirm what you're saying, Snyderlin. 
uh, excellence and Luckman, which we'll talk about later. You know, well, I've, I've voiced already my opinion. I think he's a, a top quality player. Do you think being dumped out the two cup competitions has probably changed Ronald Koeman's mind? And listen, I'll probably get away with Rom up front from now till the end of the season. It's not worth going with that B or C list centre forwards. I can get away with not being in any cup competitions, but only playing one game a week. Sometimes if the FA Cup's on, I think we haven't got a game that weekend. So it's probably going to be another 11-day gap again or 14-day yeah. break. So there's no point really diving in and buying that centre-forwards as he went. Yeah, and there's a couple of international breaks as well, yeah, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. Between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think the fact that the season really is going to be whether we finish 6th, 7th or 8th is, is, you know, is, is tantamount to that. Uh, yeah, I think the, the the absence of somebody who can support Rom maybe still is an issue. I think maybe the thinking is he can fill up a variety of Morales, Valencia, Luchman. Don't forget you know, Kone still Cole. there now. I know you, I can hear the collective la- laugh. Yeah, someone's just switched off then. Someone <laughs> just lost a listener. Yeah, yeah. just gone. <laughs> Listen, and, and of course we'll speak later about Big Donk. Yeah, so uh, I think there's a. Uh, that there's this, must be a feeling that they can replace they can Rom get and yeah, back, get through. Yeah. I say there's only what 15 league games left, yeah, so we've gone yeah. to about 60 percent of the season. Uh, so it's highly unlikely Lukaku will. I don't want to tempt fate oh, here, but told, told, yeah. he won't get injured. Don't. He's quite injury free, isn't he? So yeah, you're I mean, playing one game every well, every Ka- other Carvalhoon. Hopefully, we'll be back from yeah, uh, being injured show, uh, yeah. from the end of February. We've got one or two youngsters who scores against Manchester United. Yeah, let's let's mention them because Gav, we were talking before the podcast began. Began. Donker from Wolfsburg, you were saying a few few of your mates went and watched yeah. the, the Blues under 23s beat beat United by the way at least Sports Village on Monday night, and they were really impressed with yeah. what they saw from him and, and Basala Sambu. Yeah, and um, you've only got to see the the record this season for us uh, under 23 level, and the fact that you've seen some of the quality of the players who, who've moved from there into into the first team. Uh, and my understanding is from what I've seen and what other people saw on online or whatever is is that you know there are players you would expect to see on and around the subs bench between now and the end of the season. Uh, certainly Tonker, who's obviously been bought, you know, on the basis that he is, you know, it's come from like the second thing elsewhere. Like they've obviously seen something. He, yeah, he's yeah. not played many games in the Bundesliga. Yeah, so he's obviously seen something he made there. One appearance, and, and, and it gives us that opportunity, as I say, to, to maybe blood a couple of youngsters between now and the end of the season wouldn't get that. Wouldn't on, the get opposite, it. on the opposite side of that gap, you'd, you'd feel sorry for Unsworth, wouldn't you? Considering his team are flying top of the under-23 league, six or seven players are going out on loan, and the decent players that he has got in the under-23s are going into the first Isn't that team. his job, though? It is his job, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. It is. I, I know what you're thinking, saying. Listen, you've got Davis off me, you've got Hull <laughs> off me, you've got Calvin Lewin off me. I've got a couple of players here and you're taking them off yeah, and you're like, can you see the sides of it? That, that, yeah, you can too. Um, but I think it goes back to what the role of the academy is. Yeah, yeah definitely. Before. It's not about and, winning the league, it's about bringing players. My too. understanding is is that the performance indicator of the academy is not whether you win the under-23s, under-18s, it's the number of players of you can generate yeah, who yeah. can be used by yeah. the first team. And In a perfect world, I think there's enough quality there that maybe we can do both uh, uh, this season. Um, so I think... The fact that, um, as I say, we're not going to move a lot in the league gives us an opportunity for it to test a few youngsters. So rate the transfer deadline out of 10, Greg? So Overall, okay, let, in, yeah, so the window rather yeah, than the yeah, deadline. Yeah. I think, we, we as, as you two have articulately said, 
articulatedly well yeah, 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 yeah. like a lorry yeah. Yeah. yeah you backed into a big space switched the engine off and made the point that the start of the window was absolutely 9 out of 10 um, the end of it was less so probably probably about 5 because I felt that really they did need that you know whether it was the 10 or whether it was the, the another striker they needed something in attack either to help support Rom or to be someone who could replace Rom if and when he was injured but I take into account the very genuine mitigating factors that you mentioned there about if they're not available, why go and waste money on a player you've got you know burdened on a contract and it might be a case of having to get rid of him in two or three years' time. Mm. So overall, I'd say it was a seven and a half. Yeah, I think the other thing that may have come into it slightly because uh, I know Farhad's been as if I know Farhad, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's mentioned about financial fair play and stuff like that, and he did maybe. A, pay a bit more than what they were expecting for, for Schneiderland and didn't he because the bid was what 17 yeah. and then paid what 20 22 yeah. overall yeah 24. so that meant that actually that restricted what they could spend elsewhere on the window I don't maybe, know maybe I don't know um, but yeah so what would you say what's your mark for the window then? Um tell you in the summer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you would need to know now if I'm, you want to know I'm now I fence. would say 8 on 10 and so 8.5 there we go. Yeah, not too bad then overall. Listen, you're just taking that in December. When you re- remember the times when we sat in this room, November, September times, we were thinking, let's get to January, let's get to January. And if someone's to offer you all that dead wood out the door, Schneider and Luchman in, the emergence of Davis and Allgate in the first team, you'd have taken that all day long. Yeah, and I think all also, day long. I think also as well to be, you know, when you talk about our supposed inactivity, whatever, in terms of buying players, that appears to be the general theme now yeah. in the Premier League, doesn't it? I mean, mm. I think I'm right in saying that the Premier League actually make a profit on sales or something like along those lines. So that people have now realised, unless there's a real top quality marquee player in January, there's no point going out and buying somebody just for mm. the sake of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the feeling, not obviously not just at Evan, but in most Premier League clubs, unless you've got a vital need to say near the bottom to, yeah. to reinforce. Well, well, this is it. I was talking to somebody about this uh, the other night, and it, lots of the clubs who do business in January are the ones fighting relegation and it's a bit of desperation that they'll bring in and, and you know just try and try anything throw anything at it to see if it can give them that lifeline and then you know they've got to factor those players into if they stay up you know they're good enough to do anything else other than keep a club up and you know well you look at the team that spent a few quid I know Everton did it early on in the window but Crystal Palace Sunderland Burnley all them teams are throwing mm. money Hull yeah. so they're the ones who are desperate to stay in the league sorry go, go on, on. No. all I'd say is that I think and again this is what I was saying, hinting at when form tends to dictate you know a lot of sports feelings about deadli- uh, transfer windows and deadline day and stuff and in in November uh, when, we, when we started doing that slump of form and it was really a big test that Koeman's sort of honeymoon period began to mm. fizzle out we all said it was painstakingly clear that they needed like a number 10 or another forward to support yeah. Lukaku and I remember saying that the fact that January is a difficult window shouldn't really be taken into account because it was obvious then and they had all that time to scout and to identify one so let's not be too I mean Luchman, maybe he's a winger, isn't he? Yeah, but I'll tell you what, he plays close between one. May, yeah, maybe the clubs, maybe they found those targets and literally the clubs just would not sell them in January. And mm. What can you do? I just, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe this is for a, a pod in itself, but it's worth asking the question now. Is when, we, when Mercedes came in and we were talking in the summer about, of, you know, 
marquee players and yeah, you know yeah, and the big, yeah. big money signings and stuff. Has that really happened? And that's the first question. And two, even if it hasn't happened, are we okay with the quality of the squad and the way it's developed in, in this last six to nine months? Well, pre Moshiri, would you have said that Everton would go and buy a player off Manchester United, centre midfielder, box to box, prime of his career for twenty odd million pounds? Hold on, though. What I'll say to that, and it's a good point. He wasn't getting his game at United. We didn't go and pluck him out of their first team. He was frozen out by Mourinho because yeah. he wasn't because he's a very good player. Don't for forget, Mourinho. this is the same Schneiderlin that everyone wanted the season before, and Man United bought. Him I think he's for twenty odd million. I think he's great. I'm just telling yeah. you, he wasn't yeah. starting. So, what, um, I asked yeah. the question: Would have Everton pre Moshiri have gotten a have bought a player from Manchester United <laughs> in the prime of his well, career? The like last that. midfield we bought from United was probably was Darren Gibson, Gibson yeah, yeah. which says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm, Yannick Balassi, yeah, another one. I'm, I'm t- t- linked to talking about the, the volume of signings. I think we spoke in the summer said oh, there'll be a lot of players coming into the club in, in the summer and, and the January transfer window, and that, that that hasn't happened. There's been some quality, as you say, at the day, um, but. And the second thing is, are we happy with the, the quality of the squad and the way it's developed in that I time anyway? Talk, yeah, what was the point about, we were talking about Steve Walsh um, again, yeah. and you made the point about the money, obviously we're not a selling club anymore and, and, and long may that be the case, but the value he's already added to the squad. Well, you look straight away, now, how much would you buy just a guy for? Six and a half, seven million we bought? 7.1 million. 7.1 Now... I'm not addressing that we should sell him, but every player has a price. How much will he be going for now? You're talking 25, 30 million? I think his age would make comments, was he? He's still, still in his plans. He's so yeah. yeah, yeah, 25 million. Yeah. You're selling him for. Well, Easy. Being yeah, Everton's okay. best player of the season. And even he's been, he's been missing a month, and he's still top of the stats for winning the most tackles in the Premier League, oh, okay. which says a lot about him this season. Yeah, yeah. But going back to my point, though, uh, are we happy the way the squad. Through two transfer windows now, are we happy yeah. way where the squad is developed and the players that we've got now? Is are we sort of on track? Do you think? I am. In terms of quality, we're looking at players that have gone. Nias cleverly, Delafeu, Gibson, Oviedo, yeah. Luckman, Schneider, in, Williams in, Balassi in, just a guy in. Yeah. They're quality players, in my opinion. Yeah. Look at the ones we've shipped out. Y- yeah. Look at the if you look at Ronald Koeman's ins and outs. Since he's come to the football club, I think it's a massive, massive comparison where we came. Yeah, and I don't forget when Manchester City burst on the scene with all this money. I'm not saying Everton in that league by any stretch of the imagination, but they gradually turned over. They didn't bite themselves everything. They gradually got there, and yeah, that's okay. what Everton are slowly but surely doing. But like, look, not being funny. This season we've been well for large parts without in January without just a guy our play of the season and our record signing Yannick Balassi. That says a lot compared to where this team now in terms of quality. You've missed them for the, the best, like the month of crucial part of the season. Yet we've won every game in that month. Yeah, in the league. Fair point. So, like, but I don't so the youngsters that are in the are in the team have added maybe unexpected quality though, haven't they? Yeah, like Tony says, they've they've come in and been those that cliched. They've been like signings, haven't yeah. they? And, you know, especially Tom Davis. Um, and Adam O'Luckman was literally a signing, but still counts as a youngster. Happy with his quality, as we've you know we've all said. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts, maybe against Middlesbrough. But then look, would we, he might even be in the team against Bournemouth. We'll speak about that in a bit. But yeah, I'm really pleased with the quality. I'm not so bothered that they haven't gone out and shell big on on a marquee signing. I think there might be time for that in the summer. But 
generally speaking, give me you know a Luckman or a Schneidlin over a big name for the sake of it. Although one big name who, who Tony hoped we brought in. Um, I wonder if the ship sailed for Wayne Rooney. I no. mean, again, it's a different podcast, but. Do you still would you still want him in the summer though for yeah, Everton? Definitely. A lot, a lot of listeners would disagree. I, I know they would disagree, and that that ship may have sailed and everything else. And I understand the arguments for and against why when you can get someone with his wages, a younger, fresher player, understand all that. But the fact of the matter is, will Wayne Rooney make Everton a better team with him being in it? He would have the, done he, in this month, I believe. I think he still will in the summer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think that without you know you could do a whole a whole series of podcasts on this, couldn't you? <laughs> he might make. Evan a better team initially Will but, he given, make, but given he's 32 in this year October yeah, the end of the year October two, he's 31 two, year, two years down two years yeah but if you signed him in the summer he'd be 32 in October wouldn't he two years down the line he's not going to make us a better better team does he I make the Everton players the likes of Tom Davis Adam Ola Luchman does he make them better players be- better well better players than sort of the, the way they're developing at the moment I'm not sure it's not a coach. I'm not sure. It's not a no. coach. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But that in terms with of, his experience and his know-how, yeah, well, put him on the coaching staff then rather than play. He's still a good footballer. Yeah, but you know, I know what you're very, saying, very but I think that... And the, the fact of the matter is as well, Moshiri would love him because he's Wayne Mooney. That's the... Everton then go on your front page as well as your back page. Yeah, for initially, but you, the only way you get on the front and back, well, back pages is by getting in the top four, isn't it, really? And being in the Champions League place. That gets you on the back pages. You might get, might get us on the back pages for, for a week. But after that, you know, people soon get bored and move on to different stories. The way he's really so. talked about every week, regardless. I'm not so. He's talked about so every sure. week for Manchester United when he is getting his game and when he's not. I'm not sure. I'm. We'll see that one in August. I suggest we've not heard the last of this on yeah, the podcast. Definitely. definitely. Uh, the, the point I was going to say, and the reason I asked them questions is what I was thinking about it is the squad hasn't really developed in the way I was expecting okay, in terms well. of the way you know I, I was expecting that you know we buy players in and you know with the better the better players that we've inherited or um has inherited mm-hmm. that will form the basis but it's not, it's not happened that way has it it's been more of a uh, it's been more of like some of those players some young bit of everything some youngsters yeah. A few big name signings yeah. and some mm. of the better players that Martin has left has sort of developed. Not not like eleven players have been brought in for twenty twenty yeah, million pounds yeah. each. And I think that's that's really good. And there's echoes there's a there's echoes of this, I think, in uh, in Howard's first year in eighty one, eighty two, when he came, the feel he bought a load of players and it was the feeling was that he that those players with the players in the from Gordon Lee would move on. What what happened though was Howard re- realised straight away that he didn't have a load of dead wood off Lee. Yeah. You know, which is sort of you know, sort of there's a bit of resonance now. Like who? Which which sort of players Well a lot, a lot of squad players he, he put like, you know, he put ten on the uh, the transfer list in eighty two. Yeah. Like, you know, this transfer wins and yeah, the equivalent yeah. of it. Because, the yeah, same, same thing. thing. Yeah. And some of the players he brought in weren't good enough. Uh, so he developed the team really through a combination of like a lot of younger players came through from the reserves you know Sharp Gary Stevens, Cavrichio never come through obviously we bought him some of the better players that he's inherited from, from Gordon Lee you know, say Kevin Rackliffe would be yeah, one yeah. Uh, and then some and then he brought in some signings himself like Kevin in 82 brought Kevin Seedy through brought, brought Aidan so that great 80s mm. mid 80s team developed in a slightly different way 
than what you would expect. Mm-hmm. And it's see, and it's not exactly the same now, but there's something, mm-hmm. it's something similar where it's the same combination of yeah. factors that are playing yeah. in, and and there's some similarities. I'm not saying we're going to be the best team in Europe in three years, but yeah. it's just it's just an well, example. Well, the way squad, could, squad's yeah, could you imagine if we followed the same evolution? All right, a little bit of an element of fancy football, but whoever's in goal, you might have you know Mason Holgate in the defence, Michael Keane maybe. Yeah, who's I would feel that he's a you know yeah. unless, unless we get gazumped by a Champions League club, you could do a lot worse, and he's a player by the way. Then you move into the midfield. You've got Luckman, you've got Davies. You've got maybe Kieran Dowell. You know, you've got class. You might have Anton Donker staying. I yeah. don't know. Well, Gav, you, you yeah. always suggest, as a, especially the players that Everton has, you'd look to sign. Does that age gap where you said yeah. there was no one in the mid twenties? Now we're Morgan Schneiderlin and, and it's just a guy. But that's besides with that, 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 yeah, yeah. So I just what I'm saying is squads developing and successful squads develop in a slightly different way than what you expect at the time, mm-hmm. and I see. A certain mirroring of that early 80s at the moment and I'll say it's going to repeat it as a mm. you know big health warning on <laughs> yeah. but sometimes a combination of things can really unexpectedly can really drive the right chemistry mm. and um, it, it's quite clear that, that that appears to be happening at the moment OK so moving on let's talk about Stoke a little bit of a down to earth kind of after you know this sort of the previous games where we were clearly on on a high um a lot, a lot of people expect us to go there, maybe unfairly, given how strong so uh, far at, at home, to go there and get a result. We went and started in, in a fashion that we've, we've become accustomed to at times this season, but it was really basic defensive errors and far too easy a goal conceded. Gav, um, it wasn't good enough, that was it? No, first half, um, and that, that's one thing that we do need to... Uh, to start doing it, starting games better, but starting too many games on the on the back foot, uh, and we're under the caution in the first half, better in the second half, um, and I think that I don't know why that's the case. I don't know whether that's deliberately sort of set out to just take a look at the opposition and then see where it goes. But it's a bit baffling, really. Yeah. I think we got caught cold. I think Everton have played that the three at the back, and to give Cumin his, his due, I said it at half time. I said he's going to have to change this formation, and yet again he's done it. He took Holgate um, came off. Holgate came, came off. McCarthy came on, and next minute you're playing four at the back. The three at the back weren't working, and as I said, it shows how far we've come. Everyone was expecting us to go to Stoke away and beat them. Now, oh, I don't, oh, yeah, sure. the majority of Evertonians sure. I spoke to were going there, so we're going to beat these here today. So the form Everton were in. Definitely, yeah, the majority of Evertonians thought we'd go to Stoke. But what I liked about Cumin is that. He's seen Holgate was struggling. He's seen Funes Mori was struggling because they were going direct to Peter Crouch. Now, you've got no chance of winning the first ball against Peter Crouch. Win the second ball, we weren't doing that, you see. Arnautovic was compounding that problem of because course he's a was, big, powerful He was, yeah. but he was play, what, um, Peter Crouch was clever. He was playing on Holgate. Of course he is. So, give Cuban a shoe. He's seen it, addressed it, played four at the back and Everton looked a different team. Then, once... I, I, when Lockman come on, he done more within ten seconds than Kevin Morales did in all the game. Morales was here, there on the periphery of games. Lockman comes on, he picks up the ball within ten seconds, has a shot at the goalie, goalie parries it for the corner. Within 
a minute straight after that, he comes deep for the ball, drops the shoulder, leaves Charlie Adam and Glenn Whelan for dead, and plays a lovely one-two with Tom Davis, where we nearly score from again. Within 10 minutes of that lad being on, he'd done more than Kevin Morales. He's an absolute knock and bet to start against Bournemouth on Saturday. Yeah, absolute certainty. He's played three times for us, and he's had, he's, had, he's, had, he's had the shot with the third touch. In all three games. Oh, what a start! Which is, uh, which is, um, he looks, he looks frightening. He looks frightening yeah. when you see him on the pitch. He ah. just, he's gliding past players. He's dropping shoulders. He's very skillful. He's dynamic. He's he's fr- he's on the front foot, and that's what I like about him. He, like when Kevin Morales gets the ball, he look he look or look back or it's an always just that his body language is near for me. Whereas in Luckman's shoes, he gets that ball. There's not an else in his idea to run at that defender and make him backpedal. Yeah, I think that he's got a bit more to his game. I think he's a good finisher as well, isn't he? Um, yeah, well, we saw that just yeah. the clip from Finch Farm when him and Lukaku yeah. were doing finishing yeah. drills. He was unlucky, to be fair, with that shot when Davis had the header. Coleman took a cross out. Davis come in arriving late. Header, fantastic save from Grant. And then Luckman had the shot across the face of the goal. That could have hit anyone and gone in and Everton went 2-1. Yeah. But the, the last 20 minutes, I thought Everton were absolutely fantastic and they should have won. Oh. They were really unlucky. I think fantastic is, I think, a bit of a note. You, I think it's a bit no, over the top. I, don't think I, I thought they were really good. He played some crap football. Have you been taking some sort of medication? some really good they football. Yeah, yeah. Was. No. They, all they were doing was lumping it forward to crouch. That's it's all they were doing. Everyone were playing the football. They were first, yeah, first, No, the first yeah. half, right, the first half was a bit Against of a knock. City, they were fantastic. No, I thought that in, in times in that game, they played I think some you really were good far football. Far better compared have to a the look first at the, half. Have a look at the Davis and the Luckman situation. 1-2, back heel, next minute yeah. Luckman's in the there box. Was, there was one bit of the war pass where Ross Barkley with Davis, wasn't there? Where yeah. Davis sort of took too many pit touches, didn't he, in the, uh, in the box. No, that's fine. I mean, going back to Luckman, I said last week, is I don't put all this down to like youthful enthusiasm and sort of fearlessness of youth I just think he's got it in him as a quality full stop you know and I agree I, I'd play him tomorrow I've seen yeah. him, especially the opposition that we're, not, we're at home I think he's got something about him and capture it while ballast there at the moment one player again doesn't doesn't get the limelight what he deserves well, is Joel Robles he made two fantastic saves in that first half really did and they were crucial they were one-on-ones and their big saves still going 2-0 different game Everton are then chasing it two big massive saves and Robles is justifying that number one I think you're seeing a, a player who's benefiting from the, the manager's faith in him and a sustained run in the team um, I think his, his self-belief has never been higher mm-hmm. and I think those saves are probably a product of that he's obviously got the ability uh, and he's at times arguably being unfairly messed around in terms of well certainly by the former manager with Tim Howard he, for me, must finish the season as, as first choice. Definitely. Um, barring any spectacular meltdown. And I think it's not even an issue anymore. When the last few weeks, Cumin's been asked in his press, who's your number one? Stick Allenberg, Robles. Well, Robles has answered that question for him. Mm. Um, is he perfect? No. But, but, you know, as we've said in recent pods, only a top four, really. I've got near, close yeah. to perfect goalkeepers. It shows you how well he's done. No one's mentioned bringing a goalie in January. And everyone was up in arms at the yeah. start of the season. We bought Stecklenberg in. Yeah. We, we, we need a goalkeeper. We've yeah. got to get a goalkeeper. Job has got to go and get him. All these players yeah. linked with us. Not one person mentions a goalkeeper. That's a good shout. I think if you replay a podcast from October, I think I, I get asked the question, who do you think we should buy in January? He said the goalkeeper, goalkeeper straight away. We all said it. Yeah, so I mean, there's a long same thing there, though, isn't it? Which we perhaps leave for a later date. But in the here and now, I think he's well good enough to be our number one. 
and um, I think that that's uh, I think that's reflects well on him. To be honest with you, yeah, just having sort of been in and out, and he sort of he's shown good character for once for a phrase, better phrase. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. All I'd say too is just just touching on mm. an observation that we made about how rightly Cumin was applauded for doing something that a lot of managers don't do. A lot of managers are stubborn. Mm. He realised that you know that we were being totally overpowered mm. by the combination of Crouch and Arnautovic. The whole gate was getting bullied. All I would say, though, is why didn't he know... I mean, Stoke were always going to play like that. Why didn't he see that before? Why so, didn't he start with a back four? Well, why, why wait to go behind and then well, to get on the back foot before you change it? Because It's that, not a new approach. I know what you mean. Stuff. But the formation he's been playing has worked so well, hasn't it? So then he goes like, for course. Yeah, he is, but if he changes that formation, if he yeah. goes 4-4-2, four, four, say for like Messi, yeah. and Stoke beats us 2-0... You'd be the first to say, what's he doing changing that formation? And we've got beat when it's worked in the past. Don't change your winning team. You can't Don't change your formation. He might have come out and said, I changed it because I felt that with Peter Crouch and Arnautovic's physicality, Mason might have been a bit exposed. And good enough, that's what happened. Mason Holgate is a terrific young defender, but his, his physical presence is developing, let's just say. Mm. And it wasn't the game for him for me. And, you know, maybe to, to our cost, that was... Well, yeah, yeah. What did you like about him? I know you touched on it. Then he changed it at half time. He showed that he had that plan B up his sleeve. Well, we've said I'll that. I'll change know, it. And there's not many managers in the Premier League that even change it. Yeah. And there's you look at Jurgen Klopp and the, um, Arsene Wenger and Jose, well, Jose Mourinho's got in his locker. They've got no plan B. That's what they're getting accused of lately by their own set of supporters. Now, Cumin's yeah. done that half time bang. Have a bit of that four four two or four three, whatever it is, and <laughs> we'll change the game. Yeah. Now that's, that's, that's it. Enough. I think the problem for me, if you're playing three at the back, your centre halves are quite distance away from one another than in your two centre halves in a in a four four two, aren't they? But you yeah. can just play close well, to the middle. Well that's what they do against Hollywood. And, and that's what happens is you can you can peel off against uh, against one of your centre halves, get a knockdown, there's nobody else to cover. So I think yeah, I think he I'm with Greg on this, I think he, he got it wrong in retrospect. Um and funny enough, tomorrow Compared to the end of the Stoke game, you may, may well, have another n- another change in tactics again yes. tomorrow. You know, smoothly sliding into Bournemouth. How should we line up against Bournemouth? So it's uh, we've said horses for courses, and this is very much a different course. I think first and foremost, Luchman has to start. Heather yeah. Morales, I think that's a given for me. Okay. Another change I'd like to see, and um, it's a negative from from Wednesday night is Romero Funes Mori. It's decision making at times. Getting underneath the ball was proven it's costly not, yeah, and costly. Nervous, and it? it's not. And you can see Ashley Williams had his head in his hands a few times. And you're thinking, because he thinks there's three centre halves, he thinks he can come marauding forwards all the time. He thinks, I've got two centre halves covering for me. I'm afraid you're not. Your decision making is absolutely abysmal. And it cost Everton time and time on Wednesday night. Yeah. And, it, and you're going, I wouldn't be surprised. If Jack Elford comes in for him on Saturday, I really wouldn't. If he's playing the three at the back, well, that, that's the because point. they sorry, Gav, because yeah. Bournemouth haven't got the pace because Callum Wilson is out now injured. Yeah, so they won't have the pace it to hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you're right. The key there is where you're playing four at the back or three at the back. I think probably tomorrow I play four at the back, um, because that gives us one less defensive player on the pitch, doesn't it? It gives us a scope for another attacker. So you play three three centre halves and yeah. Coleman and Baines, you've got five extensive defenders, haven't you? Or four yeah, and a half defenders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which might work at Stoke. Did you play four three three then was you got? I, I would play four three three tomorrow. Uh, and I, so you're effectively removing the defender 
to put in an extra midfielder, which against Bournemouth at home, I think you've got to do, You'd, haven't you? I agree, I agree. Yeah. It's the three in Go the on, middle. Let's talk the three in the middle. Davis was really, really good. Second half he was. First half he was a bit of a muchness. Second half he was brilliant. But throughout the whole game, Morgan Snyder was outstanding. My man of the match. I thought the, the, the class he's got, he's just... You can tell by watching any player up and down up and down in any league you can tell there's a player that's got it straight away by looking at him within half an hour that lad's got it so far advanced got a footballing brain he's very very good footballer and you can tell straight away he's going to be the first name in the team sheet every single week he's going to be anyway because he spent 20 odd million for him <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but on yeah, the basis yeah, of that yeah. you can tell he's assuming so whatever you're looking at in regards to Davis, Guy, McCarthy or Barry it's going to be Four of them are going to be fighting for the two other spots providing he's playing that three midfields. Because if he's not, then there's only one space. Who would yeah. you start as your four three D? Trying to work out the maths of that there. So. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. if you've got if yeah, you play four four yeah, two yeah, yeah. or if you're only playing four in midfield, three, yeah. you're gonna have two wingers, aren't you? And then you can only play two centre midfielders. Yeah. So Schneiderland's definitely gonna be one. Yeah. So then you've got Guy, Barry, McCarthy, and Davis with the other one. Well, I'd, if you play four three three. Who'd you be who's your three well, three tomorrow? I'd play Schneiderlin, yeah, Guy, and uh, Tom Davis. I agree. And then the three up front: Luckman, Luckman, Barkley, Barkley, and, and Lukaku. I don't know how you configure that with the three up front. Whether you play Luckman and Lukaku who's a two, and Barkley just in behind him. I'm not sure. There's ways and ways to get around that. Yeah, because you don't want to see Barkley yeah. on the wing, do you? No, yeah. we would you yeah. say four, three, one. One, one, something. <laughs> 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 that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, the sky graphics would be interesting, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't like to come yeah. on this one page, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's. It's a nice headache for that to Ronald Koeman to have. As it sounds, that's probably what it looks like. Yeah. Um, if four, you get three, three, one, one, one. one. <laughs> yeah, four, three, one, one, one. He's got some selection as he has, yeah. Miguel Ronald Koeman. When you're looking at them five, Davis, Schneider, and Guy, Barry McCarthy. Well, now, I'm would just you look at that team that, that Gav and yourself have just kind of settled upon there? I'm genuinely excited at the prospect of those players being on the pick on the park together because it's class. <laughs> I mean, maybe Guy's presence would allow Davis to even embrace his attacking instinct even more. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Really exciting stuff. If we can, if we, if we can make that work. The only thing is, it's a bit of the unknown, isn't it? Because they haven't played together yet as 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 that unit, if you like. So, will it click straight away? Um, no reason to say it what, won't. What, what I will say is that it didn't click in the first half against Stoke for Davis and Snyderland. Well, it did with Snyderland, he's a quality player, but I mean, as a pair, until McCarthy came on. And then McCarthy was winning a lot of the ball, and Schneider and Davis were getting on the ball then. Yeah. So, I think you do need, if Davis and Schneider in the same team, you are going to need an Adissa guy or a James McCarthy to go and get that ball in the first place yeah, to yeah, give it to these yeah. lads. Yeah, I suppose I, I think that looks really good on paper. The one thing we're not maybe not resolved is if you play two centre halves, bear in mind your comments on Phineas um, Mori and Holgate. Yeah, Schumann Williams is a Schumann. Who, who would you? I played Jagielka. I know he's been left out, but and Williams. Williams yeah. yeah, yeah. I know the, so the two of them. So you drop Holgate and and obviously drop Mori. Yeah, I think Mori's just oh, an accident <laughs> waiting to happen. It reminds me of Joseph Yobo. There's just one or two accidents in him every single match. Yeah. You're a nervous wreck watching him. I think Yobo was a be- best better player, defender, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. There was an accident in Yobo every game, wasn't oh, he? There is, but not as... Not, 
If he weren't trying to shoelace in his own box while the game's going on, yeah. or doing overhead kicks from corners, <laughs> th- th- this is what Romero Funes Yeah, Funes no, I think Yobo, with all due respect to Romero Funes I think Yobo was far better. But would that help? Would that help that Callum Wilson's now injured? Do you think that might force his answer to even get away with Phil Chagielka then? Because Bournemouth aren't going to exactly be blessed I with don't know. Well, you might say, actually, I need to give Holgate more game time to centre-half. Actually, tomorrow's the, the game to, to do it, you know? Because mm. uh, he... He took him off at half time against Leicester, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so that's twice this year as he's been taken off at half time. You may think, actually, if I leave him out, I'm sending the wrong message. I'd rather play him and show some confidence with, with Williams. So, and, and don't think Holgate's actually played as a central defensive partnership. I think he's only played at the back when with he played three, three haven't yeah. he? I know he's played right back, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, I think that maybe that. That would be the smart move. Maybe a lot of it, Gav, will depend on what's happening behind closed doors at Finch Farm. If Phil Jagielka is tearing up trees and coming into every single training session determined to win his place back, and he's he is stamping his authority as an England international, as a club, club captain, captain, yeah, then maybe he's going to make up Cooman's mind for him. Fair if sure. he's coming in feeling sorry for himself. Then Cooper might say, "Do you know what? That's not what I need." But to the say. argument yeah. is then actually you play Jackie Elker and Holgate, saying mm. that Ashley Williams had a tough game at Stoke on the Wednesdays, thirty, mm, thirty odds. Yeah. Actually, I might rest. rest Ashley, I think he plays every game this season. Williams, he must be there yeah, or there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they don't think there's many awesome. games he's missed like since he started. Mm. So actually, Ashley, we've got like a really good run of fixtures coming up. He played on on Wednesday. I want to give uh, Jags and Hargate some game time, you know, stick on the bench, mate. Mm. Would that be possibly the worst thing you could do to a player of that age? Like if he's in a run of games and then no, let him no, have no, a blowout? No. I, think, I think Ashley Williams is professional enough and being around long enough to maybe understand that. Again, you don't know, Greg, what mm. goes on behind closed doors. A question I'll ask you is, um, Phil Jagielka was, well, it, it did happen. He had a meeting with Ronald Koeman before the, before the deadline. What do you think that meeting was said? What do you think come of it? I think, look, everybody knows Jagielka is an honest, down-to-earth, uh, forward, spe- straight-speaking kind of professional. I don't think he would have gone, on, gone in there with any agenda other than to say, I'm, a, I'm 34, I want to be playing football week in, week out. Let me know where I stand. Am I in your plans? Am I going to get game time before the season finishes? If not, I'd, I'd like to maybe explore the opportunity of playing elsewhere. And Cooman must have said because he said to, to mm. the media, "Well, yeah, you're in my plans, and I want you to be to be unhappy. Essentially, I want yeah, you to yeah. be wounded about it. That's the right message. Uh, you've got just as good a chance of starting. You know, stay with us until the summer, and then we'll assess it then." Um, I think it would have been two very honest, straight-talking people, uh, and hopefully, like I say, Jagielka has responded properly. But you know, it must be disappointing for him. However, if he's honest. And if he looks back at the DVDs of this season, he's not on the bench for no reason. He's not been unfairly treated in, in Finn. But then again, though, will he look at it and say, I'm better than Funes, Mori? Yeah, I would. Yeah, but the problem is, if you play three at the back, you can't play Williams and Jagielka. No, I've like, said this, this many this times is, in, the, yeah. in the pod. You've got, you've got to have because pace the formation. The, you've got to have pace on the yeah, wing. Yeah, he's, he's been this quite unlucky, really, hasn't he? The, the time you played three at the back with both of them is a Chelsea, and we all know what happened. <laughs> yeah. You've got to have pace on, on the, the two outside centre half. So, I always say. so I think he's 34, 35 Jags uh, this year. You know, I don't think anybody that age is guaranteed a regular spot in the Premier League. Barry was bizarrely, but that's a different yeah, position and a different yeah. kettle of fish, isn't it? But just briefly, um, Ronald Koeman has been shortlisted for the 
manager of the month for January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got to be right there. I've got to win that. Well, let's look at who he's against: Paul Clements, Pochettino, and Mark Hughes. Um, I can't see it beyond our, our gaffer getting the nod for that. Three As wins out of three. Earlier, three wins, uh, three very imp- well, certainly two very impressive wins. The Southampton one. We were lucky because they were knackered. <laughs> yeah, they and were we've seen how good they can be yeah. against uh, certain other team not too far away yeah. when they're on the block. But they were they were just finished, and we weren't great against them but anyway. Yeah, we still won. I, I would think if if it was Donald, he'd be saying, "Well, uh, one three, uh, I was of three, uh, scored eight goals, didn't concede the goal by the way, and beat the uh, championship favourites four 0 at home. So yeah. uh, beat that. Give know. me the gong. Just yeah. briefly again, um, Seamus Coleman's been nominated for the become player of the month. That's surprising for me. It is for me. I, no, Tom Davis. No, Tom. That's that's the one I was suggesting. Do before. they have a young player of the month? No, Don't no, they do. no. Do, do, do. Oh, I remember they used to do that years ago, yeah. didn't they? Barkley's young eagle of the month. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Tom Davis. He scored, played really well, coming to the first team, scored a couple of assists. I think he's more of a merit than Seamus Coleman for me. I'm, I'm, I'm so, the only thing I say there. How old is Seamus? Oh, he's only twenty-seven. Twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's. Yeah, I was going to say. That's not young play. That's player no, that's of the year. Yeah, okay. I think he deserves Sorry. his nomination. I, I think he's been absolutely outstanding. You know, well, it's almost pointless saying that yeah. his delivery is pretty useless most of the time. But that aside, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. His leadership qualities for me are really knocking on the door. For personally, I would give him the armband on Wednesday night ahead of Leighton. For me, Leighton Baines is a real leader, and he gets. And by the way, every single obviously, you know, we see the, the images coming in real time from the photographers, and every time there's a contentious decision, Coleman's over there in that, the referee's face, that's, that's, leading um, like a captain should. I, I think one thing I'd like to touch on from Wednesday night is that it was very, very refreshing to see. I know it's not nice, and it's not nice to see, but. In fact, for the fact of the matter, it is as it is for me, is that Everton players surrounded that referee and linesman on Wednesday night for that dubious goal. It wasn't a dubious, it was a goal. But in yeah. years gone by, Everton would have just sat back and chewed on that and, and, and went to the halfway line, being ready for the goal kick. They surrounded that linesman and referee and got that goal. Yeah. And you know what, Schneiderman would be near, what's he been here, a week, two weeks? Surrounds them, make sure he chased that referee. It's a goal, Ron never touched it, Ron never touched it. And next minute, you know, the referee's running over to the linesman, the linesman's everywhere. Baines is over there, everyone's over there. All of a sudden, now I'm not being funny, last season under Martinez or the previous years before with Moyes, that wouldn't have happened. And that's I, what we've got I'm to not be. I'm sure, but I know what you're saying. It got was, to happen. It was Gavis, wrong but encouraging. No, it's not, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. no coincidence. Yeah, all, yeah, 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 yeah. all the teams that are near the top. They all do it, yeah, and they yeah, get that because they get them decisions. That's right. That you know, I'm sure, not sure whether it influenced the final decision because it was quite clear it was a, it was an oggy, wasn't it? But uh, just one thing, I can just say one yeah. thing we talked about that annoyed me on on <laughs> Wednesday night, and it's you know, is can somebody please tell Ron that he should stay on side because. I mean, for the goal, to be honest, you, you got away with that because he should have had enough about him to stay on side from, from Col- where Coleman was on the pitch. And the one at the end, you know, where we got the free kick and he just wandered into an offside position, last kick of the day. So we give them a free kick with the last yeah, yeah. The last minute. And he's always doing it in every game. Do I don't feel want to end on a negative because we're the positive podcast, mm-hmm. but can we just tell him, please stay on side, mate, or get on side quickly as possible? Right, Everton Bournemouth predictions. Bournemouth, one win and eight, Greg. Lost three of the last four, and they've only kept two clean sheets in the last 12. This is against an Everton team with the most informed team in the league. Surely you don't win. There's an away win for the Cherries, <laughs> then, isn't yeah. it? 
what's Scotty bets on us yeah. then? Adamola Luchman to score. That's my that's my tip in itself. And to not to start as well. And he'll start. Oh, oh sorry. He'll start. Yeah, yeah. He's already been on the phone. So yeah, yeah. He'll start. Yeah, yeah. He came and come out openly and said it. He says he's going to. He didn't. He said he's going to come out in coming weeks. He will be close to start. Well, we'll see Saturday two o'clock. I'm not saying he won't. By the way, are we getting no, custard what? pies at two o'clock? Who will get custard pies? No, <laughs> the only custard pie you'll be having is from that buffet at Fish Farm that you make a dent in. Honestly, but. Let's finish it on a positive then. Predictions then. Predictions, Gav. Oh, mate, now we're set for you, give him yours. You no, he's waiting for you, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm going to go with uh, Bournemouth conceded 28 goals in 12 games. Start. Put that on Scotty yeah, Best, by the way, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, poor on a form, Everton 3, Bournemouth 0. 3 0. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Tony. I think it's a good shout. Looking to score. Interesting odds on that. You can give us five to some bookies have cottoned onto it. <laughs> Honestly, watch them. And he's only even money with some bookies and another bookies three to one. Is he? Yeah. 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 I think Everton are going to win as well. And look, the only thing is, every podcast where we sat in, got Everton to win. You know what's happened. Yeah. But come let, on, let's let's. Score let's I think Everton are going to win two 0 Three one. Yeah, I think. You know what? We didn't do a Stoke preview. That was had one all written all over. <laughs> you know, we just said, "What's your forecast for the Stoke game? Yeah. Wet, windy Wednesday in Stoke. Yeah. One all. Yeah. No, we're three 0 tomorrow." Right, well, brilliant. 3 0 here, but you've heard it there. It's going to be a Blues home win, apparently. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back early next week to pour over the, uh, the three points as we claw back the ground on United. <laughs> <laughs>